Welcome to another episode of the Quotes, Light, and Motivation Podcast with William H. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast and also rate and review the podcast. It helps us grow. You can also email the podcast at quoteslightmotivation at gmail.com. Again, that's quoteslightmotivation at gmail.com. Got another great episode uh, for you guys today. This episode, I want to talk about uh, why I think investing is the ultimate cheat code. Investing is the ultimate cheat code. So growing up, I was taught the importance of saving money uh, for a rainy, rainy day. Um, I think a lot of us were taught that. A lot of us had, we teach kids young, right? We have penny banks for kids. We tell them to put away money that they're given on their birthdays or holidays. We try to teach them the importance of saving money. So I was always aware of the importance of money and that it was needed for you to do things and to have different experiences. When I got to high school, the reality was that there wasn't a lot of money, right? That if I wanted to wear certain things or go some certain places or do certain activities, I needed to be the one that would uh, save up the money to be able to do those things. Like I needed to work and save money. So that's what I did. I worked summer jobs all through high school and college. I always put money away, put money to the side. Um, even when I didn't have a bank account, I always had a stash somewhere where I would save up money just in case, you know, there was something I wanted to purchase. I just always wanted to have some type of money saved somewhere. Even though I didn't necessarily need it, you know, I was living with my mother. I had food, shelter, clothing. But if there was something I wanted, like, you know, if I wanted to buy a certain uh, brand of shoes or buy a certain uh, type of jeans or whatever, you know, I wanted to have money to be able to do that. So all through high school and college, I worked. My first big purchase was a car. You know, when we were in high school growing up, that was the big thing, you know, to be be 16 and be able to buy your own car, to have your own vehicle to get around. And my family didn't have a car. My mother never drove. My mother never had a car. (laughs) So, you know, I was a bus person. We were bus people. We hopped on the bus for everything. We used the bus for everything. But I took the driver's test. I got my license. And then I started saving up for a car because I knew I wanted to get myself a car to be able to you know, have transportation to get around. And so I graduated high school, 17 years old, and I didn't have a car. I went to college with no car. I went to college, Lincoln University um, at 17, all my freshman year, no vehicle at all. And Lincoln is a long way from Pittsburgh. It's near Philadelphia, about an hour outside of Philadelphia, um, about five, six hours from Pittsburgh. So, you know, me being up there, me being away from family and not being able to get home. It wasn't a convenient way for me to get home. You know, where Lincoln's located, it's like in the middle of um, middle of the woods. That's what we say. <laughs> because there's like nothing there. You go, you go out there, you're like in Amish country, and then all of a sudden there's this HBCU in the middle of Amish country. So there was no easy way to get to the Greyhound station, no easy way to get um, transportation home. And that kind of, you know, taught me the importance of having a vehicle, just being up there, not being able to move around, not being able to go anywhere, um, having to wait until like major holidays for someone to come pick me up, you know, to bring me back home, like Thanksgiving or Christmas break and so forth. It kind of lit a fire in me that I wanted to have my own car. I had my license, but I didn't have my own vehicle. So by the time freshman year ended um, at Link University, I was like, I'm getting me a car this summer one way or another. So I found me a car. The 1992 Chevy Blazer. I paid $1,500 to purchase uh, the car in the summer of 2003. Having the car 
taught me responsibility. It made me have to be aware of oil changes and gas and insurance and, you know, responsibility of taking care of it, of, you know, getting it washed or whatever, keeping it clean, all that type of stuff that I never, you know, had to worry about in the past. And then any, any major repairs as well. Anything that happened with that car, it was my responsibility to take care of. It wasn't my mother's responsibility. It was my responsibility. So, you know, it was all about, for me, having money saved in case things happened with that car. And I really didn't learn about investing. So all throughout my youth and into college, I didn't really know much about investing. I didn't really know much about the stock market as far as investing in stocks and things like that. I really didn't get an opportunity to learn about investing until I got my first job and I was auto enrolled into a 401k plan and I didn't know exactly what a 401k plan or what it meant. But I came to find out 401k plan was a retirement savings plan that, you know, the employers offer. It can give you a tax break. You can do a pre-tax um, 401k or you can do a post-tax, which they call a Roth 401k, which is, you know, you're taking money out of every paycheck, a certain percentage that you set to put towards your retirement and they invested in stocks. So I didn't really know about it until, you know, like I said, I got my first job. So I started to learn about stocks in the stock market from there, you know, just being invested in a 401k, you know, investing a certain percentage. I think it was the auto enrollment was like 3% or 4% of my money into every pay period into this 401k plan. Like I said, I started to learn about the stock market from there, from being auto enrolled into that 401k plan. And then I found out that my company did profit sharing. So what is profit sharing? Profit sharing is another benefit that some employers offer where if they have stocks that are in the New York Stock Exchange, uh, they will offer their employees the opportunity to purchase these stocks um, at usually a discounted rate or they'll even give some, sometimes some employees, uh, some employers give stocks for free depending on your level. Uh, but there's usually some type of discounted rate at which you can purchase these stocks. So with my company, it was a 15% profit sharing where I can purchase a stock, I can purchase my company's stock on the New York Stock Exchange at a 15% discount from the current price on the New York Stock Exchange. So when I found out about that, I was like, why? I was like, I'll give it a shot. Why not? I'll give it a shot. I'll see, you know, at the very least, I can buy it and then sell it a week after I buy it if I need the money. So I started to uh, get involved in that. And that... Uh, really kind of opened my eyes to, you know, the way that your, your uh, stocks can grow. At the time, the, my company stock was probably $20 or $30 on the New York Stock Exchange. And now my company stock is like $300 or something ridiculous. And when I, when I think about it now, it's like, I wish I would have never sold any of the stocks that I ever purchased in that profit sharing program. But it's, it's kind of like you, you, uh, you live and you learn. The reality of the matter is that investing in the stock market carries risk, but when approached with discipline, it's one of the most efficient ways to build up your net worth. Although, you know, home purchase is important and the value of home can account for a lot of the net worth for the average person, most affluent and very rich people have the majority of their wealth invested in stocks. And a very big key to making money in the stock market is time. If you do your research and you're willing to invest an amount of money into the stock market each month for 10 years, you're almost guaranteed to build wealth. As long as you, you know, you don't touch the money, you put the money into the stock market, you pick good stocks, you pick companies that have been around 
for over a long period of time that have good track records. If you do that and you invest your money and you just let it sit there and grow and compound, it does some beautiful things. It'll do some beautiful things with your money. I'm going to have a great example of that. I want to talk a little bit about Khadija and DeVito. Khadija and DeVito. We'll call them brother and sister. Khadija and DeVito both just turned 65, which is the traditional retirement age. Khadija opened a retirement account at age 20 and continued to invest $4,000 a year for the next 20 years. At 40, she decided to stop contributing additional funds and simply let the money grow tax-free in a retirement account. And let's assume that that account makes 10% every year. So we have Khadija. She's opened a retirement account. She's, con she's invested $4,000 a year. She started at age 20. For 20 years, she invested $4,000 a year. So the total that she invested was $80,000, right? $4,000 a year over 20 years from age 20 to 40. And then she stopped. She let the money grow tax-free at 10% a year at that point. On the other hand, DeVito then began investing until he turned 40, starting to invest just as Khadija was ending her active contributions. So he did the same thing. He, he contributed $4,000 a year in a tax-free retirement account earning 10%, plowed money in up until he turned 65. So he did it over 25 years. Where Khadija only did it over 20 years, DeVito did it over 25 years. And the difference is that he didn't start his contributions until he turned age 40, from age 40 to 65, where Khadija started at age 20 and went to age 40. So when we compare the contributions that both of them invested, as I said, Khadija invested a total of 80,000, while DeVito invested a total of 100000 over 25 years. However, the difference is when they invested. Khadija started early. DeVito started 20 years later. And it's amazing how much a difference it makes. It produces a 600% difference based on when they started. So let's look at the math a little bit on that. Khadija, who invested and stopped, before DeVito began, ends up with $2.5 million at retirement time when she hits age 65. DeVito, despite contributing $20,000 more than Khadija, has less than $400,000 at age 65. That's over $2 million of difference between the two. And the only difference is that Khadija did it early. She did it when she was 20 to 40. She did it for 20 years, starting at age 20 up until 40, and then she just let it sit there all the way up until age 65. And just her letting her sit, the money sit there and grow, it compounded and compounded on itself up to the amount of $2.5 million. Now, DeVito, he invested, so he, he waited until he was 40 to start investing, and he didn't really have a lot of time to have this money compound. By the time he had invested you know, $80,000, um, he still had, five, he only had five years remaining that he was going to continue to invest. Where when Khadija had her 80000 invested, she had 25 years remaining for that money to continue to compound on itself and grow. So the key here is to invest early. And that's what I want to drive home here is that we have to teach our youth, we have to teach younger people to invest early into the stock market, to open up, Roth accounts to begin saving portions of their money, even if it's not a lot of money. Say they save 
I don't know, $25 a month or $50 a month or whatever it could be, or, you know, a couple hundred dollars a year, $500 a year, even if it's just $500 a year, that amount over time can compound into some great amounts of money. If you tell a 16-year-old to save $500 a year starting at age 16 up until 20, and then once they get their first job, they can increase that amount to save, you know, $4,000 or, or more a year, that can become a lot of money for them. And that's how you build wealth that you can pass down from generation to generation or just wealth that you can uh, have for your kids or to start your life or to start your family, things like that. So I just think it's important, you know, that we, we teach youth. I wish um, someone had taught me, but, you know, when I did find out about it, what I did learn, I, do, I dove in head first. I started contributing. I started to, I found out my employer did a company match up to 6%. So that means if I contribute 6% of my salary to my retirement account, my employer will give me another 6%. That's free money. A lot of these employers do that. A lot of these employers have matches up to a certain amount. Some do 100% matches, uh, which is amazing to me. It's like you're, you're doubling your money. If you put $10,000 into a retirement account and your employer, your employer does 100% match, you know, you get another $10,000. <laughs> that doesn't even account for the interest you're going to gain every year and how much it could grow just from compounding on itself. So it's important, you know, that we teach our youth, we teach the kids about investing and the importance of investing into the stock market and into crypto and things like that. I mean, I know it's scary, it's new, it's different, but we got to be willing to be a little bit uncomfortable to learn these things and to grow and to uh, make changes in our, in our family trees. One of the things that a lot of people worry about is, well, can I lose money? Sure, you can lose money. You can lose money um, in the stock market. Of course you can. You could cash out on your investments during a downturn. So there's times where the stock market crashes, um, and these are times that you don't want to take your money out. <laughs> so it's, it's tough because everyone's panicking. Everyone's around, everyone around is, you know, it's like doomsday. We had a crash in 2008, you know, with the housing uh, housing market craziness. It kind of translated to the, the stock market as well. When the stock market crashed a little bit there, there was a crash into the 2000s uh, with the Y2K and all the companies there, all the Internet stocks and the boom and crash there. And even with uh, coronavirus, with COVID, the stock market has been a little bit of a roller coaster ride over the last year. Uh, but you got to be willing to uh, be diversified. Don't be heavily invested into one company and be willing to ride through the storms, to not get out when everyone else is panicking. Because when, when people are panicking, that's the best time to be buying. When people are selling their stocks and they're rushing and getting out of something, that's the time to be a buyer. When folks are, when the stock market is dropping and the stocks are on sale, as they say, that's the time you want to purchase. Because if you purchase a good company and you feel, you feel good about the company, you do your research and you feel good that the company is going to recover, that's the perfect time to invest and make some good money. It's important that we are aware of different investment opportunities from home purchases. I know I focus more so on the stock market here, but there's a number of different um, investment type um, opportunities. Of course, you have your know, stocks, which I focused on here in this in this uh, episode, but there's also CDs, there's real estate, mutual funds or ETFs, there's savings accounts, and crypto. Um, and I think a lot of people do savings accounts, right? But savings accounts don't give you a good return. Savings accounts, many of them don't even give you 1%. Uh, a lot of them give you 0.1% or a half a percent or something like that. And it's not even worth 
the return you're getting is not going to make a huge difference in your life. <laughs> the return you're getting is such a small amount that it's, it's like, what else, where else can I put my money to make some, to have an opportunity for it to grow and to compound on itself? And I think the stock market is a great opportunity for that. And it's just like anything else. You've got to put the time in to learn as much as you can about it, right? In this day and age with all, with YouTube and all the information we have in the palm of our hands and our cell phones and on the internet, if you really want to learn something and you really want to, to uh, learn how to invest in something, you can do it by looking on the internet, by looking at YouTube, by searching on YouTube and getting different perspectives and making sure and reading books and things like that on the stock market. These are all different things that you can do to, to learn as much as you can before you jump and dive in uh, to the opportunity. So, you know, there's no excuse. That's my whole point. There's no excuse for you to say, you know, well, I don't know what to do or I don't know how to do it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's okay, but you can figure it out. You can take the time and do the research to get the information. So I just wanted to share that um, investing is the ultimate cheat code. Um, if you haven't already, make sure you download my free inspirational ebook. Have the link in the show notes. And yeah, share this episode with someone about the importance of investing, the importance of investing in the stock market, the importance of investing in yourself and your future. And remember our example with Khadija and DeVito how Khadija started earlier, and because she started earlier, she made so much more money. Investing is the ultimate cheat code, and compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. I implore you this week to look up more information on investing. Research compound interest and how you can use it for your benefit. So share this information with the youth. And y'all have a good week.